This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. What we were speaking about last night. And he says the following story. I started it last night, but I didn't really get into it. The story of Miriam, the daughter of Nachdom, who was captured with her seven children. And the Kesar, the Caesar, took each child and put him in a separate room. Divide and conquer. He figured if he divide the children from their mother, it would be very easy to get these Jewish children to give up Judaism and serve Rabbi Tzara. But as we said last night, he didn't understand that he was dealing with Jewish children. And the measure says as follows. Heavy as Harishon, he brought the first child, the first son, she had seven, she had seven sons. And he said, I want you to bow down to this salam, to this Zara, to this idol. Armalo. The young man said to him, Chas v'shalom. Chas v'shalom. Ani mishtachal v'tzalam. God forbid that I should bow down to an Abayda Zara. Amalo. He said to him, Lama, why won't you bow down to my Abayda Zara? And he answered, Because it says in the Torah, I am Hashem, your God. Miyad haitziu v'haragai. The Romans took him out and they killed the first child, the oldest one. Haiti Asheni, they brought the second one in. He said, Bow down to my avoid the Zara Amaloi. The young man answered, I hear my brother didn't bow down. And I will not bow down. Why won't you bow down? Don't you know it says in our Torah, You're not allowed to have any other gods. Immediately they took him out, the second son, and they killed him. They brought out the third son, and they said to him, Bow down to this Abay Bizarro, Amalo, Aini Mishnachavah. He said, I'm not going to bow down. Amalo, Lama, why won't you bow down? Amalo, Shekhasim HaTorah, it says in the Torah, Kilo, Tishnachavah, Lekelachah, you're not allowed to bow down to any other guards. Miyad, Gaza, Olova, Harguru, immediately they decreed and they killed him. Haiti HaRavi, they took the fourth son of Omar, Sukei, and they said the same thing. They said, bow down. Why won't you bow down? And he quoted the Pasuk to Veach, the Luki Micharam. God, our Allah, very good. They killed the fourth one. They brought the fifth one. And they said, bow down to this Salah. And he said, no. And they said, why? And he said, it's a Shema Yisrael. Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Achad. And they took him out and they killed him. Haiti Ashishi. They took out the sixth son. And they said to him, bow down to this idol. And he said, no, and they said, why not? And he said, he quoted a Pesach, 
for the Shem is your God, he's amongst you. Kill Gadol Benayra, a great God and a fear, fearsome God. Gadol Allah for the Guhu, and they killed the sixth son. And there was only one little child left. Haiti Hashvi. They took out the seventh son. And he was the youngest of all of them. Omar, the king said to him, he figured, the other six I couldn't get, but if I'm very friendly and very nice to this little boy, I'll get him to bow down. Omar, my son, the king called him my son. Bow down to my idol. This little boy, he said, I would never do such a thing. Omar, lo, he said to him, Lomo, why not? So this little boy, Amalo said to him, it says in our Torah, you will know that day that you will know you will be turned. You will do tshuva, Christ will do tshuva, they will know on that day that Hashem is our God in the Shemayim and in the Aretz. Ain't owed. There is no other God. And he went on to give this this king, this Caesar, to give him a little Muslim. And he said, not only that, we swore to our God that we would never go away from him. We would never leave him and go to another God. And it says in the Pasuk, it's Hashem Hamat Hayam. And just like we, Christ, will swore to Hashem that we will never change Hashem for another God. We will never give Him up for anything in the world. He also swore to us that He would never give us up for any other nation. As it says, This is what He told the King. I, I just, when I learned this, I was in amazement. Girls, this is a door. This is a door. And I should destroy the base Hamidosh in this door, in this generation. And this is the level that the children in that generation were on. What should we say about our generation? So we turned to this little boy. The Caesar said to him, your brother is your brothers are all old guys. 19, 20, 16, 17, 21. They already had some life. They already had some fun. They already enjoyed themselves. But you cut on your little boy. You you don't you didn't have any good days. You're a little kid. You didn't have life. You didn't have fun. Your brothers had fun. You didn't have fun. Bow down to my idol. And I will give you whatever you want. Cell phone, iPhone, whatever you need. Whatever you want. Just just bow down to this cell. This little boy looked at the Caesar, at the king. What a kiddish Hashem. Allah, he said, don't you know what it says in our Torah? It says, Hashem It says, God will be the king forever. It says, Hashem Hashem will destroy and wipe out the Goyim from his land. 
And you, king, you will be wiped out. And Hashem's enemies and the Jews' enemies will be wiped out. You are a human being. Today you're alive. Tomorrow you will die. Today you are rich. Tomorrow you will be poor. But God will live forever. Amalek Kaiser, the Caesar said to him, Let me open the door and show show you where your brothers are. And there on the floor, says the Medrash, were the six bodies of his brothers. And the Caesar said, Go look at your brothers, look at their dead bodies. But I'll do you a favor. I will throw my ring on the floor. In front of the Avodah Zarah, and raise it and lift it. Because you make me look bad in front of everyone. Here I am, and your six brothers all gave up their lives, and I figured at least a small little Jewish kid, I could talk him into serving Avodah Zarah, and now you're giving me a whole schmooze and a whole speech, and you're making me look bad. Listen. I'm just going to throw my ring on the floor, just pick it up, so that the people will think that you bow down to the idol. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> he said to the Kesa, How will the Kesa? Ma If you are scared of what people think, you're scared that people think that I'm making you look bad. I need loyalty. You're scared about what human beings think? Don't you think I should be scared of God who's the king of the whole world, what he thinks? And he said to him, Is there a God in this world? which we'll say soon, he says to him, where is your God? How come you let me kill you six brothers? And he answered him, what do you think this world is after? You think this world just happened? You believe in evolution? He said the little boy. And the little boy said the following. And he said, your gods, they have a mouth. But Abelach wrote, they have a mouth, but they do not speak. The gods have eyes, they have eyes, but they do not see. The gods have ears, they have ears, but they do not hear. The gods have hands, but they do not feel. The gods have feet, but they do not walk. The gods have throats, but they do not talk. But my God, He runs the world. He is not like your gods. Oh my Lord, the case is said to him. Something that I have heard the guy say to us. If your God, Hashem, can do anything, why can't he save you from my hands? Like he saved Hananiah, Mishal, Azariah from the Bukhanetzah. 
So the Caesar was challenging this kid. He was trying to rip out his emuna. And he said, if your God is so great, this God that you're talking about, so why is he allowing me to do this to you? Many times I've been asked, Rabbi Wallerstein, we're supposed to be the chosen nation. One of the people that I do business with was not Jewish, said, I'd rather not be a chosen nation. Look what happened to you guys. You lost six million Jews. Is that a chosen nation? You have a little country called Israel that everybody wants a piece of. Is that a chosen nation? Look at all the other nations in the world. Nobody wants a piece of them. No one's interested in having them. There's this little strip of land. Everybody wants it. They blow your children up in buses. You're hated amongst the nations. Where's your God? Where's this chosen nation? And this is what this king said. And he said, so, how come Hashem's not saving you like he saved Hanani Mishael Razariah? And the little boy turned and he said, I am not kosher. I am not on the level that they were on. And you are not even on Nebuchadnezzar's level. Level Nebuchadnezzar, who was the bigger Russia as he was. Daniel was his, was his advisor. And he knew that there was a Hashem and he admitted that there was a Hashem. He said, you don't even admit that there's a Hashem. And therefore, God will not do any miracles for me and he definitely will not do any miracles in front of you. He says, and if you don't kill me, Hashem has many messengers. He has beards and lions and snakes, scorpions, many ways to kill me. You're just a shriach, you're nothing. Okay, so therefore the king said, you give me no choice. And I'm Gazar, I decree to kill, to have the little boy killed. So the mother got up. And she came to the case and to the Caesar and she said, give me my son. Just let me hug him, let me kiss him. And she began to nurse him. And we'll see from the Navi, and we'll see from the Echa how old he was. She began to nurse him. And she said, please, I beg you, my king, kill me first. And then, kill my child. But I don't want to see my child be killed. Just to show you how the guy knew how to learn. He turned to her and said, no! I would never go against your Torah! It says in the Torah that if you're slaughtering a lamb or a, an ox, you're not allowed to slaughter the mother and the child in one day. So I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to have me slaughter you first. And then I won't be able to slaughter your son because I'm not allowed to slaughter you and your son on the same day. Oh, So this woman turned to the Kesar and she said, Shaita, you idiot. Shaita, Shabbat you fool. Did you keep all the other mitzvahs in our Torah? That this is the last mitzvah that you want to keep? You think that's why I told you not to kill my child first? And the Kesar had no Rahmanis. And he commanded that the baby be killed, the child be killed. And he killed the child in front of his mother. She already had lost her six other sons. Why is the
And she took her little baby in her hand and she hugged him and she kissed him. And she said to his body, Beni, my son, go to Abraham, your father, and tell him that your mother says that you, Abraham, who built the Mizbeach, and on that Mizbeach, you put your son Yitzchak and brought him as a sacrifice. I am much greater than you, Abraham Avinu. I built seven Mizbechois. I sacrificed seven children in one day. And they took the baby out of her arms. And the Chachamim said on this child, he was two years old six months, six and a half hours old. And the Goyim who saw this, who was standing there, began to cry. And they said, Ma Elohim shall Elu, who is the God of these people? Shekach nehargim that every moment they're being killed. And he let the mother go free. After a few days, she couldn't handle it anymore, and she became a sugar, and she jumped off the roof, and she died. And that's what Yirmiyahu says in Perik Tesva, Pasik Tes, And as she fell to her death, Says the Medrash Eicho, Ubachol Yoytzeis, and a voice from Shemayim came out of Emeras and said, "Aim Habanim Simeicha, the mothers of these children, you can be happy." Ruach Hakodesh Tzavachas Emeras, and Ruach Hakodesh came out and said, "Al Eilan Mochia, on this woman and her seven children, I cry." This was a generation that didn't deserve to have the base Hamikdash, and look how holy they were. What are we going to say? How many of our children know those psukim that these seven children quoted? How many of our children are proud, like this little boy was? How many of the children know the Melech Machle HaMochim HaKadosh Baruch Hu? That was a generation that was destroyed. What are we going to say? In the Kinnis this morning, there's one Kinnah that's the most authentic kinah, it's kinah yud aleph. Those are the art scrolls, page 188. Where Yemiyahu Anavi speaks on the king Yoshiyahu. Let me tell you a little bit about the king Yoshiyahu. Yoshiyahu's grandfather was a very big Russia. His name was Menasha. 
Menashe planted Avodah Zarah in every corner of the kingdom. He even planted Avodah Zarah in the Kach Kedashim. Destroyed Klai Yisrael totally. Amon, the son of Menashe, for two years continued in the way of his father, but he was killed by the palace guards. And he had a son, Menashe's grandson, Yoshiyahu, who was eight years old when he became king. So much there was no Torah in Klai Yisrael that Yoshiyahu had never seen a Sefer Torah. And I think it was ten years after he became king. He was eighteen years old. He still had not seen a Sefer Torah. And he found the Sefer. They found the Sefer Torah. They discovered the Sefer Torah which had been hidden for generations since the time of, of Acha, Achaz, the father of Cheskiyahu. For a long time, Klai Yisrael was off the derech. And he opened up the Chumash, the, the Sefer Torah, and it opened up to the Teichacha. And when he saw the Teichacha, it said, Orer, Asheleyakim, is the red Torah, those last days, Aysam, cursed is the person who doesn't keep the Torah. And he became very, 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 very scared and he made a massive assembly of all the leaders of Klai Yisrael. And he said, I found a treasure, it's called the Torah. And they all decided together that they're going to keep the Torah with all their heart and soul. And Yeshiyahu appointed spies and agents to go out through the Eretz Yisrael and to destroy all the Avodah Zarah. And every Avodah Zarah that they saw, they destroyed. And he was very excited, and he was very happy, and he figured that he had changed the whole Klai Yisrael, but he didn't go inside the houses. A huge mistake. And he didn't know what was going on inside the houses of Klai Yisrael. There was an Avaytizara that was put on the inside of the door, and there were double doors. And if you close both doors together, both halves of the Avaytizara came together, and that's how they were serving that way, desire from inside the houses. But he was very happy. He did not know about this. And he figured that Kaisra was doing very well. At that time, in Egypt, there was a, a king, his name was Nicho. And he said, I want to go through Israel to war against Assyria. And Yeshayahu, who thought that everything was doing great in Israel, he said, that I think that by Yikra, that no sword will pass through Eretz Yisrael, and Klai Yisrael is doing good, nobody will be allowed to go through Eretz Yisrael with the sword. And therefore he told the Egyptians, he told this king, that he cannot come through Eretz Yisrael. But Yirmiyahu at that time, who was the Navi, sent the message to the king, and he said, Klai Yisrael is not what you think they are, let Paro go through. But he didn't listen. He had illusions of total perfection of the Jewish people. He ignored the Navi. And this was a fatal mistake. And he went against the Goyim. And he thought for sure Hashem would be with him. And I want to read you from inside a little bit. Nun, 
know another Muhammad Lahatsa's <laughs> lay hasted upon himself, they warned him, Turn back, don't go to war. Kleishal is not what you think they are. And they came across each other, the Jews against these Egyptians. He needed help, but there was no one there to help him. And the archers who shot bows and arrows shot their, their arrows into Yeshiyahu. And he was dying. While he was closing his eyes on the battlefield, this great king who brought Yiddishkeit back to Kleinisvall, as he was closing his eyes, dying, the Egyptians continued to shoot arrow after arrow into his body. They trapped him and made him a target for their arrows. By and they shot him with 300 arrows. This is the only kina that actually Yirmiyahu this was a kina that I'm reading you that was written by the by Yirmiyahu himself. And here laid this great king, girls, this great king of Kleisrael who turned us totally around in a battlefield with 300 arrows protruding from him. And he's dying. Kalim Yirmiyahu ran up to him and put his ear down to hear his final words. And the last words that came out of his mouth was HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you are right, you are righteous. For I have disobeyed you, I didn't listen to you. Said Yirmiyahu on this great king, the golden one, Yoshio, that died. Why has he died? Because of the sins of Kla Yisro. Because the sins of Kla Yisro. This is a very important kinah for all of us. Spoke about it last night. It's a big mistake to deny what's really going on in Klai Yisrael. It's a big mistake to think that everything is beautiful and everything is good, because in your life everything is good. Yirmiyahu said to Yeshayahu, Yeshayahu, it's not good. They're doing things behind the doors that you don't know. He said, I don't believe you. It can't be. We have to know what's going on behind the doors so that we can die to Hashem, that we can change it. We have to know what's going on behind our doors, girls. It's not good enough just to serve Hashem on the outside. But what other desires do we carry inside? And we make the mistake that this great king made 
Nobody can hurt me. I'm not worried about going off the derech or doing things I'm not supposed to. And Yemiyahu says, no, you have to look inside, you have to be worried, you have to defend yourself, you have to protect yourself. Don't trust the outside, what's going on, look into the inside. And the great king, Yeshayahu, with 300 arrows protruding, realized at that moment that maybe I should have sent my messengers inside the house. It wasn't good enough just getting rid of everything that's outside the house. Tzadikhu Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're right. Amzu Hashem. This nation is sinning. And I didn't realize it. And this was the kinnis that Yemiyahu said on this great tzaddik. How many of our tzaddikim are sick and suffering because of our sins, girls? How many gedolim did we lose in the last couple of years? How many tzaddikim? How many good women, tzidkaniyites, leaders, women leaders and men leaders have we lost? because of our sins Shayahu did not die because of his sins he was a big tzaddik said Yemiyahu the gold has been because of our sins we don't have that many Gedolim and Tzaddikim left in this world they suffer for our sins Yemiyahu warned us about this we need to do tshuva, we need to change. Which I speak about every year. So the Asurah which we say on Yom Kippur, interesting, on Yom Kippur, and we also say on Tisha B'Av, two of the holiest days of the year. Yom Kippur, we know how holy it is. Tishabov, the day that Mashiach is born. Tishabov, the worst day in our history and the best day in our history. Because as we know, that any energy in the world, be it negative, if turned positive, is the greatest energy of all. Therefore, even though Tishabov is now, Hashem said, forever and ever till Mashiach comes, it will be the worst day you have cried for no reason. I'll give you a reason to cry. When this is changed and when this is turned, all this terror and all this negative energy will become positive. And Tishabah will become a Yantif. We don't know how many of the other Yantovim will be when Mashiach comes, but Tishabah will become a Yantif because it can't be wiped out of the, this world. All the pain and all the fasting and all the negative energy that we suffer on Tishabah will become positive energy and that will be so powerful that even in the times of Mashiach, when we should be able to forget the destruction of the other Beis Hamidosh, seeing the third Beis Hamidosh, but the power of all the negative power becoming positive, that's what's going to give us our yantiv, Bukharayv. So in Yom Kippur and Atishabov, there's one kina that we say on both days. There's only one. And that's the one of the ten Harudimachos, the ten Sadiqin that were killed for Kwaishol Daveros, 
I tell you a medrash, fascinating medrash on the Atlas. We know that the ten Sarebulamakos were killed because the brothers sold Yosef Atanik. And Yosef Atanik was tested with Potiphar's wife. And because he had to go through that, ten of the biggest Tzadikim who were equal to the ten Shvatim had to die. It's a very fascinating Rebbe Chaim Vital. And Rebbe Chaim Vital went down from the Sefer Gugulim. That Rabbi Shmuel Kohen Gadol, who died, was actually a Gilgal of Yosef Hatzalik. Yosef Hatzalik didn't sell himself. And Rav Chaim Vital, who was the Talmud of the Ariyah Brothers, said the following. Potiphar's wife was very, very beautiful. And every day she tempted and tried to get Yosef to do an Avera with her. And Yosef Hatzalik said no. And then one day, she had her servants put a iron collar around his neck. And on this iron collar, there was a piece of metal that forced him to keep his head straight and look forward. And they locked it on his neck. And they made him look, she made him look at her. All the time, he was looking away, didn't want to look at her. But she had no choice. And he had to look at her. And Reb Chaim Vital says that Yosef HaTzadik for one second while he was forced to look at her for one second thought about her one second thought about what he was looking at and Akrish Baruch said you're going to have to pay for that look and he came back said the Gemara the Gemara we know that Yosef HaTzadik was the most beautiful man probably that was ever created. The Medrash brings down that Potiphar's wife was sick. And her friends asked her, why are you sick? She said, there's a man in my house that is so beautiful. And I can't get him and it makes me sick. And they laughed. They said, a Jewish man so beautiful? You can't find a beautiful man in Egypt? And the Medrash says she invited her friends to meet Yosef HaTzadik and she put them in a circle. She gave them esrogen, that's what they used to eat, for snack. And she gave them nine, knives to peel their esrogen. And then she paraded Yosef HaTzadik into the middle of the circle, says the Medrash. And they were in such awe of his beauty that the blood was running from their fingers. Instead of cutting their esrogen, they were cutting the tops of their fingers. And she turned to them and she said, you made fun of me, look at all of you. You're in such awe of this man's beauty that you're cutting your fingers and you don't even realize it. Yosef Atzalik was a very, very beautiful person. Now let's see what happens in the Yom Kippur after Musaf. We say the following: When I think of this story, my heart cries. I'm not going to. I'm not going to read it to you in Hebrew. I'm going to translate it. 
In the days of the king, he gathered ten Sardinians to kill. And this king was very smart. And he learned the Torah. And he called him into his room. And he filled up the room with shoes. And he called these ten Chachamim into his room. And he said, it says in the Torah, Someone kidnaps somebody and he sells them and he's caught. My humans, he has to be put to death. So he asked his ten rabbis, What's the law? If someone kidnaps somebody and he's caught and he sells them and he's caught, and they said, You have to you have to kill him? Or may I matter for him? Said this king to them, Is it not true that your forefathers, the Dishwatan, sold their brother? And I don't see that they got killed or punished. And they sold it for shoes. And therefore, I have chosen you ten to be punished instead of the ten brothers. Because I know that from the time of the Shvatim, there hasn't been ten like you. So he said, in three days, you will all be killed. He gave them three, three days and they decided these were tzaddikim that could have killed the whole Rome in a moment. They knew all the shamans of Malachim. They knew how to be mashbiyah Malachim. They knew how to, the, the names of Hashem. They had no problem getting away from this king. But they didn't know if this was a gezerah from Hashem. So they came to Rav Yishmol Kohen Gadol. Rav Chaim Vital brings down in the Sefer with the Gilgul of Yosef HaTzadik. And they said, go up to Shemayim to find out if this Gezerah is from Hashem. For if it's just an anti-Semitic Gezerah from the Goyim, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of them without a problem. But if it's from Hashem, we'll accept it. Tihir Rav Yishmol Asmai, Rav Yishmol went to the Mikvah. And he made himself Tahar, and he said Hashem's name. And he went to Shemayim. And in Shemayim, he met the Malach who wears white. The Malach who wears white stands by the gate, by the front door, by the gate, by the curtain of Shemayim. And he said to him, Is this an anti Semitic edict, or is this from Hashem? And the Malach said, you have to accept this, my tzaddikim, my loved ones. Because I heard from behind the curtain, because this is what has to happen. He came down and he told the other nine, this is what Hashem wants to happen. And the king, the Bliyal, the king said, okay, let's kill them. Let's take out the first two. Who were the first two? Rabbi Shmuel, Kohen Gadol, and Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. Rabbi Shmuel, the Kohen Gadol, and Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, who was the Nazi of Israel. It's brought down. If you could imagine the scene, Rabbi Shmuel, Kohen Gadol, went into a bed 
He closed his eyes, he said certain words, and he went, he gave his neshama to go to Shemayim to find out if this was Xero. When he got to Shemayim, he was so holy that the Malachim would not allow him to come back down. He said, Rabbi Shmuel, you can't go back down to the world. We want you here. And he couldn't go back down. He didn't even want to go back down. He was on such a high level. And here, all these nine Rabbanim, Tzadikim, are standing there waiting for an answer. He doesn't come out of his trance. Because the Malachim are not letting him back. Akiva was there. He said, I know how to get him back. And they went and they found an Ishanida. And they took from her her scarf. And they put the scarf on the bed that Rabbi Shmuel Kohen was on. And when that scarf touched the bed, the Malachim and Shemayim took Rabbi Shmuel Kohen neshama, and they threw it out of Shemayim. And they said, Ishanida, the scarf is on his bed, he doesn't belong up here. And that's how they brought him back to this world. And girls are asking me, what's wrong with Shemayim where does it say in Shulchan Aruch, Shaymen What's the big deal, Rabbi? Rabbi Akiva understood that the scarf of Anida on the bed, not even touching the Kain Gadol, just touching the bed. And the Malachim said, we don't want him here. Allah has come of a come, surely the touch of Anida. What does that do to the neshama of that girl and of that boy? doesn't have to say it in Shulchan Aruch, even though it does. We have to understand that we don't understand the Kedusha, the holiness of every Jew and of every girl. And Rabbi Shmok, and Gadol's neshama came back to this world and he told the other Tzadikim, there's nothing we can do. This is what Hashem wants. So they turned. Rabbi Shmuel, and each one said, "Kill me first. And the king said, "Let's do a lottery." And the lottery fell on Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, the Nasi of Klal Yisrael, tore his blood out like the blood of a cow. And they cut off his head. Metoloi. Kohen Gadol, Rav Shmuel, Kohen Gadol took his head. Mitzorach Olav. And the Medrash says he put his mouth to the to the mouth of Rav Shimon ben Gamliel's head. And he began to scream as loud as the shaifer, and he said, Hey, Halosha, where is the mouth? I'm a Maharas Where is the mouth that said all this tire and all this greatness? Because of our sins, How could it be that this first that this great Sadiq Rashim and Gamliel his mouth is now in the dust. And the daughter of the king saw 
she heard what was going on, she came into the room and she saw Rabbi Shimon And the Gemara says, we don't understand what this means. But since Rabbi Shimon was a Gilgul of Yosef HaTzadik, the Gemara says that the Malachim from Shemayim came down to see his face. And when they saw his face, they said, his face has the beauty of God. That's how beautiful he was. The beauty of the Shekinah. And when this Goyesha girl saw the beauty of this Jewish rabbi's face, she fell in love with him, and she came to her father, and she said, I want this man, he's so beautiful. And her father said, why? She said, because he has such a beautiful face. He said, no problem. I'll peel the skin off his face and I'll stuff it and I'll put it in your room. She'll be able to look at him for the rest of your life. And she agreed. She said that would be a great idea. And she begged her father, please peel the skin off his face and stuff it so I can look at it for the rest of my life. The light he could was And he had no problem doing this. Rishmael Kling Gadol to peel the skin off his face. He started with his chin upwards. When they came to the place of his tefillin, Tzara Bekol He began to scream till his neshama went out. And the rabbis asked, why didn't he scream when they started peeling from his chin up? Because it didn't bother Ishmael, crying God, all that they were peeling the skin off his face. But once he had no skin on his forehead, there was nowhere to put his tefillin. And if there was nowhere to put his tefillin, why should he live? Girls, do we understand what a Jew is? They were peeling the skin off his face, it didn't matter. But when they came to the place of his tefillin, he screamed and his neshama left. How many thousands, how many millions Jewish men? Nobody's peeling the skin off their face. And they don't put on tefillin. How many of our brothers and cousins don't put on tefillin. And it brings down, and that's what Rukhayim Vital brings it down. He says that was the tikkun for Yosef HaTzadik for that one second. And he says that this princess who had the skin peeled off his face was the Gilgul of Potiphar's wife. And she came back and she said, he looked at me for a second. So in turn, me the connected me that I want to be able to look at him forever. And I could Baruch Hu was misakeing what he did. And that's how Rabbi Shmuel Kringal died and was misakeing what happened by Yosef. That's for looking for one second. 
for one second being forced and just thinking about what you're looking at girls how careful we have to be what we look at in the newspapers and on the internet we don't understand the neshama that we have how great it is but there's consequence Hashem, this is your Torah, and this is your reward. Your enemy is destroying your children, and you're allowing this to happen. Hashem answered to his Malachim in Eshma Kol Acher. If I hear another word, I will turn the whole world into water. into void. I will destroy the whole world. It's a Gezeira, accept it. And one by one, they took out the leaders of Klaishol and they killed him. The next one they took out was Rabbi Akiva. We all know what Rabbi Akiva gave up for, to become what he was. And they took an iron rake and they raked him to death. And as he was dying from his wounds, his Talmudim walked up to him and said, Rebbe, Rebbe, tell us something. And Rebbe Akiva turned to his students and said, Baruch Hashem, my whole life I was worried, how would I keep what we say in Kriyashma, Ubechol, Nafshecha, Bechol Ubechol, I gave Hashem my heart, Bechol Modecha, I gave Hashem my money, but how am I going to give Hashem my soul, the Kiddush Hashem, I always wanted to die, the Kiddush Hashem, Baruch Hashem, I died in Kiyosh Hashem. And they took out Rav Hanani Ratrajain. And they burnt him alive. But they wanted him to suffer. So they took cotton and they soaked it in cold water. And they put it around his heart. So that he would die slowly. I want to read you. I don't remember the name. Do I have the same for here? But with him, the man that was killing him, the executioner, was a guy. And he asked the executioner to please remove the cotton from him, from his heart, so that he would die early. And he did it. And, I, a, a, and he jumped this person, I don't have his name, it's not really that important, but he jumped in, this, this Roman, after he took this off the rabbi's heart, jumped into the fire with him. And a boscoe came out and said that the rabbi is in Ganeiden, and that this guy who jumped in is also in Ganeiden with him. And we see from there that even one second, one second of a person having pity on another person can bring that person into Ghana then.
הנה זה מצא את זה. So amazed. 
a Roman executioner that he jumped into the fire with him. It's a very, very sad kinna. There are many sad kinnas. This is one of the saddest. And I don't have to go through all ten, but all of them were killed in a very bad way. He was the one who translated what all the tzaddikim said. They cut out his tongue and they threw his tongue into the street. And dogs were running with his tongue. And Kaleshwal asked, How could the tongue of such a tzaddik be eaten by dogs? It was the Averis of Kaleshwal that all these tzaddikim suffered. Interesting thought that I saw. It said that from the time that the ten brothers sold Yosef, the Sultan stands in front of Hashem and wants revenge. He wants revenge. It says in the Torah, you have to kill them. Why did it take all the way till then for this to happen? Why did it take all the way till the second base Amigdash, after the burning of the second base Amigdash, for these ten Sadiqim to be picked to be killed? Why didn't it happen all the years in between? And the answer is, what was the Avera of selling their brother to Hatred between one Jew and another. The Sultan couldn't get in until we did that ourselves. In the second race, I made when we didn't get along with each other. Kamsa, my Kamsa, you are invited, you're not invited. What are you doing at my party? I didn't invite you, I made a wedding, I didn't invite you, you're not supposed to be here. What's going on? I made a Kiddush and Shul, I don't want you here. I'm going out with my friend, don't call her. Yes, call her, but don't call her. Make sure she doesn't know, tell her we didn't go. That's what happened in the second base of English. So the Sultan came in front of Hashem and said, now it's time to pay. Because they haven't sent us kingdom again just like your brothers had. Now I want my pay. I want ten like the Shlatan. In the first base of English, it didn't happen. It happened when there was Sinas Chinam. The Kittrick, the accusation of the Sultan against Klai Yisrael is only made other Mechavero girls. What we do to Hashem, Hashem, being He's the one who's hurt, has the right to say, I forgive. I'm Michael then. So when the Sultan comes in front of Hashem and says, they're going to parties, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing that. Hashem said, that's, that's not very to me, get out of here. I'm on my Kisei Rachamim. I'm not listening to anything you have to say. I'm their father. I say, amnesty. Right? President of the United States can give it. Hashem Shacholi can give it. A pardon Oh, we hurt each other. Hashem cannot sit on his kisei rachamim. He cannot pardon for anybody else. And therefore the Sultan waited until the second base Hamidish till there was this sinas between us. And that's when he was able to destroy the ten leaders of Klai Yisrael. There's, there's a Chabetz Chaim video, and there's a lot of talk about Lashon Hara. And the reason that there's so much emphasis on this is because Ben Adam between how we treat each other, Hashem had no answer for that. And how we treat our parents, Hashem has no answer for that. And when the Malach goes up and the something goes up and he says, she made her mother cry. Now you're going to have to make her cry. Hashem has no answer for that. 
Ben Adam Lechavero, Ben Ishla Ishto, between a husband and a wife, just looked up. I think it's a Gemara two weeks ago. Right, I was looking for a Gemara on a different subject. And I found a Gemara. The Gemara says the most dangerous thing in the world is for a husband to make his wife cry to Gemara. Because the tears of a woman, those gates are always open. Whether they're good tears or they're bad tears. And the Gemara warns the husband and says, be careful how you treat your wife. For if you make her cry, Kishboruch's vengeance will rain down upon you. Because the gate of tears is always open. It's a famous Gemara. How many women are crying? How many agunas? How many women are crying in Yisrael? Because of their husbands. How many mothers are crying because of their children? When I read this Gemara, I said, oy, 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 oy. The Gemara talks about a husband causing his wife to cry. Because the Gemara doesn't even imagine of a child causing his mother to cry. What does Hashem do with the tears of a mother that sits up at night because her daughter doesn't come home when she's supposed to? Or because her daughter doesn't talk to her anymore? Those gates are open and they're never closed. What does Hashem do with those tears? Girls, you're going to have to pay for it. You or your children or your grandchildren. But somebody's going to have to pay for the tears of our parents. Of our fathers and our mothers. Those are tears that a Baruch Hu can't wipe away. It's a very sad story in, in Kinnis about a brother and a sister very connected to the story I just told you there's DNA physical and spiritual I'm going to end with this in the art scroll it's on page 266 and it says the following there were two children that were captured There were two children that were captured in the time of the Mesameter to be destroyed by the Romans. And they were, they fell to two different masters. The way the Medrash says, one was a, a woman of ill repute. She took the girl. And there was a man who owned the store. He took the boy. But it just said there were two different masters. And they lived right next to each other. And they met in the street. And the woman said to the man, I have the most gorgeous Jewish girl. I never saw such a beautiful girl in my life. I heard that you have a boy in your house, a Jew, a Catholic. And he said, do you think you have a beautiful Jewish girl? I have the most beautiful Jewish boy you ever saw in your life in my house. And he said, okay, we'll make a deal. Tonight we'll put the two of them in a room together. We'll turn off the lights. That's a boy and a girl. You know what's going to happen? when she gets pregnant and she has a child, we'll share, we'll share, or we'll sell the child, and we'll share the money. And of course, a beautiful girl like this and a beautiful boy like this, the children are going to be gorgeous. And we'll get a lot of money for that child. So they went ahead. And they took the two of them. 
and they put him in a room together, and they turn off the lights, and they waited outside the man, the, the, to the, the woman and the man to see what's going to happen. I'll read you the end of the kinah. And the girl stood in her corner, and he breaks the my nephesh from and she stood in her corner and cried. And he stood in his corner and cried. What did he say? He said, I am a child of Aharon. How could I be with a, with a maidservant? How could I be with a girl? How could I be with a girl? I come from Aaron, I call in. And she in her corner was crying and she said, I am the daughter of Yocheved. I am the daughter of, I am a Basqueen. How could I be, how could I be with a boy? Woe to me that I could both decree that I should be in this room together with him. And it says that the constellations in Shemayim cried. When the sun came up, he turned and she turned and they saw each other. And she screamed to him, Brother! And he screamed to her, Sister! For they were both the children of Rabbi Shmuel, Kohen And that's why they were so beautiful. They were the children of this great Kohen that his skin was peeled off for this Croatia princess's entertainment. In the same room, the daughter and the son of the Kohen and they ran to each other and they embraced each other and they cried to Hashem that nothing should happen. And they hugged each other and they became one. Till their souls left them and they died. Says Yirmiyahu, the Zayis Yikaini Yirmiyahu B'Shiyahu. For this I will always, always, always weep. I'll bend Obas Misparad Ar Imah. For the son and the daughter I will weep. The son of the Kain Gadol and the daughter of the Kain Gadol. I have someone say Shabbos and the daughters of God and the sons of God were in that house but they weren't in the separate corners and they weren't crying on the son of Hashem the daughter of Hashem, how can I be here? Because they don't know who they are. How we have fallen. We are all the children of Hashem. 
why didn't they run out and say, I am the son of Hashem, I am the daughter of Hashem. What am I doing in such a place? What am I doing in Kayamisha Lanes? I am the daughter of Hashem! What am I doing in the pool hall of Matusaro? I am the daughter of Hashem! What am I doing in the house in Fallsburg? Half dressed! I am the daughter of Hashem! No, it's not what they said. everybody. These are our sisters. Shem's Nachmo is coming. Tishbo is a bump in the road. Just can't wait till it's over. So we can get the Shabbos Nachmo. So we can go party. It's not an Achimut Hashem girls. Why is it always about us? Are we in so much pain on Tishabog and the nine days and the three weeks that we need to party on Shabbos Nachimut? Who needs the Nechama on Shabbos Nachimut? Because Baruch who needs the Nechama on Shabbos Nachimut. So what do we do? We go to hotels, and we go to comedies, and we go to parties, and we go to concerts, and we hang out, and we chill. And on Shabbos Nachamu, we make a Tishabot Prashem. Not enough that the ninth day of Tishabot is a Tishabot Prashem. But we take the Shabbos, and we make that Shabbos also a Tishabot Prashem. Stand up! And you tell anybody that wants to touch you or bother you, and you tell them I am the daughter of the clean cuddle of the world. I am the daughter of Hashem. Get away from me now. Shabbos Nachamu is a Shabbos to understand. We lost. And Shabbos Nachmu is the time Nachemu Nachmu Ami, Hashem says, is to realize what we have. I had a friend that lost all his money. He said to me, I lost all my money, but I'm still alive. And I know someone never, they cut off his leg because he was diabetic, and he said, It's okay, I only cut one of my legs off, I still have one. After Tisha B'Av, after crying about everything that we lost, come to Shabbos Nachmo to say, we lost the base on English, but we still have the Torah. And as that great Sadiq said when he was dying, he said, you can destroy my Torah, but you can't destroy the letters of the Torah. You can destroy the base on English, but you cannot destroy what the base on English stood for. And that's in all of us. 
and that's what Shabbos Nachum was supposed to be. It's not a party time. It's not a time to make a tishabot for Hashem again. Hashem has had enough tishabots. It's a time to celebrate that we still have our Kutch and we still have a Torah, and we still have a Shabbos, and we still have Tzniyas. One other short subject before I go. The Gemara says a story the, the, the straw that broke, as you say, the camel's back. A story where Hashem was patient, patient, patient. But when this story happened, Akash Baruch Hu decided, that's it. Everything's going to be destroyed. So a story that's brought down in the Gemara, I'll say it very short. There was a man, he was married. He had a very beautiful wife. He had a good marriage, he thought. And he had a servant that was working for him who loved his wife, who wanted his wife, but he was a servant. And he waited, and he waited for his time to, to get to this woman. And what happened? One day, the master, who was paying the servant all the time, he did money, so he went to the servant and said, listen, I need to borrow $500, I'm going into a business, whatever it is, I, you know, I need to borrow $500. And, and the servant said, listen, I have it, but it's in my house, send your wife to my house. He said, okay. He sent his wife to the house, and the servant started talking to her, she started talking to him, and to make a long story short, she also liked him, and he said, listen, I'm going to lock you up in my house for three days, and we're going to work this whole thing out. La halacha. We're going to do this la halacha. Okay? So, after three days, the guy's wife don't come back, he runs to the servant, he says to the servant, my wife never came back, you know where she went? He said, come now, let me talk to you. He says, you know, we're very close, me and you. He says, after your wife left my house, I wanted to see where she would go. She went into the barn. And I heard her laughing and playing around with all the guys. And she definitely did think she wasn't supposed to. And you probably have to divorce her. And you probably have to get rid of her. He says, I hear you, but how am I going to... Uh, I don't have money for a tshuva. You know, it's another $500. It's written in a tshuva. I don't have the money. I just bought $500 from you to go into a business. He said, hey, you know, we're friends. We're very close. I'll give you money for the tzuva. You better go get it yet. So the man, listen, after getting such a thing, he went, and he got to get it. Went to bed, and he got to get it. He divorced his wife. Of course, the minute the wife got divorced, she went back to the servant's house. This poor guy, now he's without a wife. The guy said, don't worry, I'll find you. She do have nothing to worry about. I'm your friend. And he tried. His business failed. Didn't do well. He came back. To, he didn't know where his wife was. He said he was divorced. He went back to the, to the servant, his original servant, he said, listen, my business failed. I need money. He said, listen, I don't have any more money to lend you, but you know what? You can come work for me. You can come work for me. I'm doing very well right now. Come work for me. I'll hire you only because I like you. I'll pay you a crazy amount of money. I'll pay you $500 for the year or whatever it was. Come and you'll be my waiter, my, you know, my, my butler, my waiter, my cook, and, and I'll take good care of the guests. He said, you know what? You're such a nice guy. You really care about me that you're not letting me out to the star. You have such a curse of tone. To tomorrow. So he goes into the kitchen and he prepares supper for this guy, his servant, prepares a beautiful supper, beautiful dishes, he's all excited, he's got a job, he's going to make his money back. And tomorrow says he comes walking into the dining room and sitting with his servant is his wife. And he stands there and there's sitting his wife and his servant and he's shaking. Tomorrow says he has two cups of wine in his hand. 
and he's shaking. And she turns to him and she says, you old fool. Ah, look what we did to you. Me and him, from the day I met him, I loved him. Now, you're going to see me every day with him together. And not only that, you're going to make my bed that we're going to sleep in. You're going to clean my clothing. You're going to serve us. And the Gemara says, let a tear from the side of this man's eye fell into the cup of wine. And when the tear hit the cup of wine, it says the world shook. And the who said, if this is where Klai Yisrael is, I don't want that. And Hashem wrote the Zerah to destroy Reza Hamidash, Yerushalayim, and everything. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.